One of the first things you learn in public speaking is that you should never open with an apology about your nerves or how unprepared you are. This just undermines everything you say afterward. Yet today, I might just undermine all my future work in this podcast by telling you that this could be the most important episode I ever do, because it'll teach you the devil's greatest trick, and it's not what you've been told. Truth is, I hope to offer inspiration tips and tools that my listeners are always looking for, and I have big plans for future episodes already. But suffice it to say, if you understand what we're covering today, you may start looking at life in a wholly different way, and hopefully you start responding to it differently as well. Because today we'll be talking about the devil in your business. We'll uncover what heart-centered really means in our work, and we'll discuss how you can apply this to bring greater success into your life. This is the Heart Body Business Podcast. Inspiration, tips, and tools for entrepreneurs seeking a more fulfilling type of success. One that stems from exploring and expressing their true passion and purpose and finding healthy ways to do so. All coupled with insights and action items to get a business moving in the right direction. I'm Steve, your host, and I invite you to learn more at heartbodybusiness.com. There's an old saying that the devil is in the details, but in fact, the devil is almost everywhere, and it threatens your health, your success, and your happiness. Now, I'm not speaking from the standpoint of any religion here. In fact, I'm not going to talk about the devil as an individual but as an influence that moves through us and leads to the misuse of what is good, misuse of our talents and energies, leading us away from happiness and success. So no need to confront your religious beliefs here. Just know, for the sake of this conversation, that any misuse of what is good is evil and leads us away from our goals and our potential. And anything that influences us toward evil is the devil. As I've explained in past episodes, humans are not influenced by two primary centers in the body, but by three. I've pointed out that the brain, heart, and gut all have neurons in them. They're all antennas for consciousness. And like different channels on a radio station, they respond to different influences and bring those into our lives. I've also said that they are all important to our survival and success. I don't believe God or source or the universe creates anything that's inherently evil. It's, again, the misuse of something that makes it so. Now, the gut represents the consciousness of the body. Rather than giving us conscious thoughts the way the brain does, it gives us emotional reactions to the world around us, what we call gut reactions. It gives us instincts. It moves us toward the lower elements of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, finding food, shelter, and warmth, and driving us to procreate. All of these have their uses. Without caring for our bodies, we cannot move toward higher goals of creativity and actualization, becoming who we're really meant to become. 
And when a species is first established, it's likely that this force needs to be king. Humanity at one time needed to grow and thrive physically in order to pursue higher ends eventually. But today, we're already well-established. We're seeking to be more than just physical beings. We're trying to find meaning, to be creative, and to self-actualize, whether through business or along other paths. For this purpose, the gut center can no longer be king. It still needs to support the higher centers, but it can no longer be king. This is why we've come to basically associate this physical center with the influence of the devil. While we couldn't have a human race without procreation, being driven by sexual forces can lead to rape, human trafficking, and all sorts of horrific things. And while it's necessary to obtain property and food to survive, being driven by this can lead to greed and stealing and war. So, you see, the influence of the gut is good and necessary up to a point, but when it becomes dominant in a time when this is no longer our highest goal, it becomes destructive. When it goes beyond its use, when it ends up controlling our actions, it is the very devil indeed. And yet, this is not the devil I want to discuss today, because this is the obvious devil, the visible devil. We're all sick to death of resource wars coming from this influence, wars over territory and food and even over people. So no, I'm not here to talk about that devil, because as they say, the devil's greatest trick was making us believe he didn't exist. But the trick is more devious than you think. The trick is making you believe that there are just two forces, good versus evil, God versus the devil. And the obvious devil, which I've just described, remains in plain sight, remains the devil. We can see it. The devil didn't make us think he didn't exist. His worst tricks, his old tricks, stand plainly before us. But meanwhile, By making us focus on just two forces, the devil uses sleight of hand and still becomes our god. One puppet master controlling two puppets and making most of us hate one of the puppets. By simple contrast, he makes us love the other, and yet the puppet master is behind them both. Sounds a little like the world of politics, but I digress. The critical point is that we have three forces moving through us, not two. A trinity, not a duality. They represent the energies and purposes of our past, present, and future. And if we want to achieve our future, our destiny as an increasingly spiritual and powerful race, we need our highest force overseeing the other two. But this is difficult when we believe there are only two forces. So everywhere we go, we're introduced to a false god. We're told to trust the light, to shine our light, to be the light. Yet light alone is not enough. Light alone is cold and uncaring. Light alone is a world of law without nuance, morality without context, economy without care. Because light, in the end, is the intellect. It's associated with the brain center and our conscious thoughts. Seeing 
requires light, and we say, I see, to mean I understand, light and intellect. Today's society grew from an age of enlightenment. We introduced formal education for the mind and taught logic. We literally illuminated the world with light bulbs, and we've worked to replace the intuition of religion with the hard facts of science. There is, of course, beauty to light, but it's all about how it's used. Rightly used, it lets us see. Wrongly used, it can blind us. We can focus light to create a laser that can either create or destroy. We can use light to convey information at high speeds through new li-fi technology, which can free us with truth or crush us with lies. Light itself is not the problem. Light itself is a tool. It is a tool for the other two forces that move through our bodies, the true God and devil, so to speak. And if we forget about the heart, if we forget that this is what provides our genius and creative energies and what lets us experience peace and gratitude and joy, if we forget the heart, then it is the gut that steers things. Not only the lower needs, but also the limitless power of the mind. When the gut controls us, it's bad enough already. It leads to the problems I've mentioned already. But when it has the mind and all its technologies at its beck and call, those problems are amplified as far as we can imagine. Stealing resources, becomes a globalized process of laws and banking that digitally controls what anyone can buy, sell, or do. Sexual abuse of a single person becomes a coordinated global ring of trafficking with digital records for blackmail and protection. Tribal wars become global wars that can wipe out the human race. The mind flowing through our brain center is limitless in its creativity. And if run by our lowest forces, our lowest potential, it can destroy us. And by the way, this is the grave concern around artificial intelligence, which accelerates the speed at which light can operate in our world. Wrongly directed, it can hurdle us toward our end. This is why heart-centered is so important to what we do. Not only what I teach through heart-body business, but what all of us do from day to day. Without the heart, we have the light of the moon, a poor reflection of true light. Without the heart, we have the light of winter, a light that corresponds with death. But with the heart, we have the light of the spring or summer sun that promotes joy and warmth and life. And we achieve this through practices of being in the moment, of releasing our stresses and worries with a deep breath in and then exhaled and recognizing what is really around you right now. For most of us, if we're really in the moment, we are sheltered and warm and adequately fed. Our basic needs are met. But our body consciousness constantly worries about those needs, often without reason. Now, to be fair, part of working through the heart for those who do have their survival needs met 
is to create a world where we can all have our survival needs met, precisely so people can stop worrying and acting from the lower center, precisely so more of us can act from the heart. But that's a different discussion that would have to tackle global problems of corruption. For now, we focus on what we can do individually. We strengthen the heart when we genuinely work to recognize what is good in our surroundings. All the human effort, for instance, that went into creating the chair you're sitting on, from harvesting wood and hopefully reseeding trees, to moving it to a small shop or a large factory, using tools or machines that had to be built, and so on. All to provide something good and useful for you to rest on and to reflect on life and read a book. This is the smallest of examples. Now open your eyes to all the good, all the use that's been put into the world around you. All the talents you do not have, all the talents you do have and that you offer to others. We are bombarded with bad news, almost as if someone wants to continually activate that gut center, almost as if Someone wants the devil running this place. But we have a choice to focus on that or focus on the good that's been done, that's being done, and that can be done. If we think we don't have time for such exercises because we're buried in our business, I challenge us to recognize how easily this integrates with business. If we are genuinely grateful for our customers, are we recognizing them? Are we sharing our gratitude? What could you do in the next 30 days to extend gratitude to your customers? In general, business is about one of two things, removing someone's pain or expanding their joy. Both of these allow someone to come more into the moment. What could you do in the next 30 days to take your existing customers and help to further remove their pain or expand their joy? Do you think this would hurt your business or help it? Do you think this would attract more business or challenge your bottom line? A handwritten note from you, the business owner, to 10 customers once a month, moving from your largest to your smallest customers. Doesn't cost much, doesn't take much time. Some sort of white glove service for those who have been active customers for a period of time. Offering pro bono work for someone in genuine need, or perhaps to someone who is, in turn, extending themselves for a cause you believe in. These are all simple examples, and your takeaway is to sit and reflect on what you could do to move into the heart and attract greater success as a result. As I've said in past episodes, the present moment is where all the energy for creativity and attraction, and ultimately success comes from. This is the power of the heart. I saw a social media post showing a note taped to a restaurant door. It read as follows. To the person going through our trash for their next meal, you are a human being and are worth more than a meal from a dumpster. Please come on in during our operating hours for a PB&J, fresh veggies, and a cup of water at no charge. No questions asked. Your friend, the owner. That is heart-centered. 
It doesn't cost the business owner much to do something that elevates his community. And I can only imagine the goodwill it brings with his patrons. It's spread on social media because this is the world most of us want to see more of rather than the world of all bad news. Our bodies are these incredible systems that allow us to be in this world and become something more than just physical bodies. They allow us to express creatively, to experience uplifting emotions, and to reach our destinies. They do this by combining the consciousness of a body, mind, and heart where our true genius lives. But ordered wrongly, we misuse the forces we're given. If the gut is ruling over the other two, if our fears and worries over resources and survival take charge, we lose the opportunity to dream big and live up to our potential. We cause harm to ourselves and others. This is the world I humbly believe we're ready to escape. Ordered rightly, on the other hand, with the heart taking charge, we can become giants of creation, expressing the universe that's inside each one of us. Robert M. Piercig, author of Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, once wrote, The place to improve the world is first in one's own heart and head and hands. Not only does he make our point of three centers, heart, head, and body, but he puts them absolutely in the right order. The heart must always come first. Till next time, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. You can also join our mailing list to get alerts on our latest episodes and other tips, tools, and news. Learn more and sign up at heartbodybusiness.com.